Hey, y'all, and welcome back to the Life in General podcast. I'm your host, Ginger Cole. I am super excited to be back with you guys. We had a fantastic time on vacation, um, but I, I missed it. I miss recording episodes. I miss talking with you guys, and I'm just excited to be back. Um, I'm especially excited about this topic we're going to talk about. Um, it's it's pretty hard-hitting. Um, it's something that's probably going to step on your toes. I'm probably going to hurt your feelings a little bit, but you know what? Sometimes our feelings have to be hurt so that we can change, and change is a good thing. So um, today we're going to be talking about overcoming victim mentality. Now, victim mentality is something that is very rampant in this world. Um, Victim mentality is when you blame everyone else for what happens to you in your world. Um, Victim mentality is a person that thinks that the future only holds bad things for them. Um... As you can probably imagine, it's everywhere. Everybody blames everybody else for what goes wrong in their life. Nobody takes responsibility for their decisions and the way their decisions affect them. It's everybody else's fault but theirs. Um, I'm sure you've probably experienced it at one point or another in your life. And maybe somebody has been that way towards you. Um, but no, nobody really likes to take full responsibility for what they say and do and their actions and their choices and decisions. Um, It's not fun to look at yourself and think that you're the problem in your life. But I guarantee you 99.9% of everybody's problems is problems that we create for ourselves. Um, But we don't really want to think that way, right? It kind of hurts our feelings a little bit to think that way. Um, But that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about overcoming victim mentality we're going to look at um, two people in the Bible who who didn't have victim mentality but have it every right to. Um, and then we're going to look at two people who did have victim mentality. And we're going to kind of break it down and talk about why we shouldn't be that way. Um, and then we're going to talk about ways to overcome the victim mentality and why Christ wants us to be overcomers. Um, so I gave you guys the definition of what a victim mentality is. Um, Some people hold on to the victim mentality because they don't want to have to take responsibility for their actions. Like I said, taking responsibility for your actions is not always fun. Sometimes it's hurt. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's, um, it takes a lot of work to take responsibility for yourself. Um, If you take responsibility for your actions, that means that you have to change your actions, right? And, and sometimes we don't want to do that. Um, Sometimes people hold on to the victim mentality so that they can be um, gain attention for it. Some people thrive off the attention that they get from being a victim, from causing drama. Um, some people are just like that. Um, a victim mentality is also a form of entitlement mentality. People think that because of the choices that they've made, they don't take the responsibility for their choices. So they think that it's up to everybody else to get them out of the mess that they have created. Um Again, I've been there. I, I've done that. I have, I have been a victim and taken the victim mentality. Um, victim mentality causes you to focus on yourself and not on others. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and literally for the whole conversation, maybe you're talking to them for 30 to 45 minutes, they talk solely about their life and their issues and their problems and they never once ask you how you are. Maybe you see yourself in that. Maybe you're maybe I said that and you're like, oh my gosh, I've totally I totally do that. I never ask anybody how, how they are. Or maybe you know of somebody in your life that does that to you. 
That is a victim mentality. They're so focused on their own problems and their own self that they can't focus on anybody else. They can't focus on anything else. So that that's what a victim mentality is. Now we're going to look at two people in the Bible. We're going to start off with who in the Bible did have a victim mentality. So we're going to talk a little bit about King Saul. Now, some of you probably are familiar with King Saul. Um, some of you are probably more familiar with him in the David and Goliath story. But Saul, uh, King Saul had been around for quite a while. And he and the prophet Samuel were actually pretty close at one time. Um, they were good friends. And Samuel... Um, where this, the context that the scripture verse comes out of is King Saul was preparing to go fight the Philistines. Um, now, I'm not sure if it's the same battle that David played into or if it was a separate one. I'm, 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 I probably should have done more research on that, but I'm not wholeheartedly sure. Either way, they were going to fight the Philistines. And Saul had asked Samuel to come and do a sacrifice for him um, prior to their battle so that he would have favor with the Lord so that they would have better opportunity to win the battle, right? Um, Saul becomes impatient. Uh, yeah, King Saul becomes impatient and he then does this next thing. Um, so in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse, uh, verses 11 and 12, it says, and Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at the at Michmash. Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me in Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. Now at this point in time, the only people that could offer burnt offerings to the Lord were the prophets. Um, it were it was people that were appointed. That was their job. That was what they did. And Samuel was one of those people. It was not lawful for Saul, even though he was king, it was not lawful for him to give a sacrifice. He had to call Samuel to do that for him. But instead of just waiting for Samuel to get there and being patient, he became impatient and did it himself, which actually probably was way worse than if he had just not done it at all. So because he did that, Samuel asked me, he said, what, what have you done? What did you do? Why did you do this? And immediately Saul goes into, he says, because I saw that the people were scattered from me, he blamed the people. He blamed his, his, um, his army. And then he blamed Samuel. He said, because thou comest not within the days appointed, because, because Samuel didn't get there in the time that Saul thought he should have been there. He, he blamed Samuel, and then he said he blamed the Philistines because the Philistines gathered themselves together in Michmash. So he blamed everybody else for his mistake except himself. It was everybody else's fault but his. So King Saul had a victim mentality. It was not him. He was, a, he was just the victim in this situation. He was the victim of circumstances. It wasn't his fault, Right? We're all victim of circumstances. Nobody else, it's nobody else's fault, but it, it's everybody else's fault but ours. Um, we tend to fall into that. We tend, as, to hum, as human beings, we tend to fall right into that. Um, I'm going to talk about some other people who are very familiar. We all know them. 
quite well, um, Adam and Eve had victim mentalities. Um, Now, we all probably know the story quite well of Adam and Eve. They were the first people created by God. They were in the Garden of Eden. They were perfect. Um, They were blissful. They didn't know the difference between right and wrong. They didn't even know that wrong, what wrong was because they never experienced it before. Um, But as we all know, Eve was beguiled by the serpent. Excuse me, I'll have a little bit of a frog in my throat. (laughs) But as we know, Eve Eve was beguiled by the serpent. She was tricked into eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, And because of that, Adam and Eve had to be punished. So we're going to read here when God finds out what they did and he goes to them and he talks to them. Um, In Genesis 3, chapter 3, verse 12 and 13, it says, And the man said, The woman who thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Notice that Adam and Eve both passed the blame down the line. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. Neither one of them ever took full responsibility for their actions. They could have chosen to not eat. Adam could have refused Eve. He had every opportunity and every option to, but he didn't. Eve could have told the serpent no. She could have told the serpent that no, the Lord told me not to, so I'm not going to. But she didn't. She chose to do what she knew she shouldn't do. And so did Adam. It was their fault. They should have taken ownership of it, but they didn't. And because of their sin, now we have every problem in the world that we do. Um, But those two people had victim mentality. They, they had every opportunity to take responsibility for their actions and they didn't. Now we're going to look at some people who had every right to have victim mentality and they didn't. The number one person in the Bible who had every right to have a victim mentality, but didn't is Christ. Christ was blameless. He never did anything that was considered sin. He was sinless. He was spotless. He was perfect. From start to finish, he was perfect. And yet, as we're going to read here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. Who did not sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not. When he suffered, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Christ was beaten. He was bullied. He was, there were things said about him that were not true. He was lied to. He was lied about. And yet, he didn't reproach any of them. He didn't fight back. When he, re- when he was reviled, he didn't revile back. When he suffered, he didn't threaten them. He could have. He had every right to, and yet he did not. Instead, he said this. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. 
and they parted his raiment and cast lots. That was in Luke chapter 23, verse 20, verse 34. He said, Father, forgive them. He asked for forgiveness for us. He asked to forgive them. I, I can't even fathom that kind of forgiveness. Now, I have, I have tried to forgive people in my life who have done me wrong, and I have. But I honestly don't know if I could have forgiven somebody or could have forgiven the people who did something like that to me. But Christ did because you know why? Because he loved people. He loved us. He loved the people that were trying to kill him. That is what overcoming being a victim is, is, is like. It's forgiveness. It's letting go of, what, of the wrongs that were done to you. It's not focusing on those things. It's focusing on Christ. Now, we're also going to look at um, Joseph. Now, again, y'all are probably familiar with Joseph. Um, just to give a little bit of a backstory on who Joseph is for v- those of you who maybe don't know, um, Joseph is a, is a man from the Bible. He had horrible things done to him. His brothers, he was uh, Jacob's youngest son at that point. Um, he had, I'm wanting to say he had eight brothers. I can't wholeheartedly remember. It was somewhere around eight, um, older brothers. He was the youngest and his brothers hated him. They hated him because Jacob favored Joseph over his older brothers. Now, I I wouldn't necessarily, I don't know for sure if I would say that Jacob loved Joseph more, um, but Joseph was the more favored one. Um, Joseph was um, chosen by God to be, um, I guess, he, he, he was chosen to be more of a leader than his brothers. Um, and because of this, his brothers hated him. So they plotted against him. They sold Joseph into slavery. He was enslaved by Potiphar. Um, he was a um, ruler in Egypt. Um, he worked for... Um, the Pharaoh, um, and Joseph was then enslaved by him. Joseph was then lied about. Um, Potiphar's wife accused him of, um, of, of attacking her when in reality it was the other way around. She attacked and tried to, to seduce Joseph, um, but Joseph refused her. So she did what women do. (laughs) She got mad and she flipped it on him and he got arrested. He was thrown into the into the Egyptian prison. Um, he was then there for years. We, I don't really know for how long he was there for, but he was there for a long time. Um, but then after all of this, Joseph was then taken out of prison. And because of the gift of discernment that Christ had given him, he was able to interpret dreams. Um, and because he was able to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, he was then, Um, promoted to Potiphar's position and he became a great ruler or, or a very prominent man in Egypt. So, so all of that happened and we're moving past. And, um, this is the last, um, little bit about Joseph and his family. Um, and we're going to read in Genesis chapter 50 verses 19 through 21. And it said, and Joseph said unto them, fear not for I am, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, 
but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comfort them, comforted them and spoke kindly unto them. Um, there had been a great famine in the land, and Joseph's family had come to Egypt to um, seek shelter and to seek food. And Joseph, they didn't realize who Joseph was when they saw him. They didn't recognize him. And because of that, um, Joseph kind of played a little bit of a trick on them and then forgave them. He forgave his family. He forgave the ones that sold him into slavery. He spoke kindly to them. He comforted them. He fed them. He brought them into his home and protected them and took care of them. I don't think I could have done that. If I'm being wholeheartedly honest, I could not have done that. If someone had been done that much wrong to me, I don't think I could have done it. I don't think I could have forgiven them. But he did. He overcame being a victim. He was a victim. His brothers had wronged him so terribly. And yet he forgave them and overcame and lived happily ever after. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's pretty much how the story goes. He, and he lived happily ever after. Um, but he overcame being a victim. He did not allow with his circumstances to dictate who he was. He did not allow the things that had happened to him to dictate whether or not he followed the Lord. He overcame being a victim. Now, since we know what a victim, what a real victim looks like and how they overcame being a victim and who took on a victim mentality in the Bible, now we're going to look at some steps on how we can overcome being victims in our lives. Now, I want to go ahead and cover this. I don't want y'all to think that I'm downplaying wrongs that have happened to people because there have been some horrible, awful things happen to people. And I fully am aware of that. I don't want you to think that I'm downplaying it or acting as if it's not a big deal because it definitely, definitely is. But I want you to know that you're not meant to stay in that place of being a victim. Christ wants you to be an overcomer. He calls us up. He calls us out of that pit of despair. He calls us to be victors. He wants us to be overcomers. And I want you to know and believe that you can overcome that. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying that it's not going to, that you're not going to have setbacks, but you can overcome it. I promise you that. Um, so we're going to look at ways we can overcome it. Now, first and foremost, this is going to be a little bit of a shock to you, but there are actually benefits to being a victim. Um, there are benefits in having victim mentality. Um, and the number one, number one on the list of how to overcome victim mentality is to know the benefits of victim mentality. Um, now I know you're probably thinking you just said that victim mentality wasn't good and now you're going to give me benefits of it. Well, you need to know the benefits in order to know how to overcome them. If you, if you don't know what you're trying to overcome, you can't overcome it, right? So number one, the number one benefit a victim mentality is attention and validation. Like I said earlier, people hold to victim mentality because they love the attention and the validation that they get from it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with validating and, and giving attention and concern to someone who is a victim. There's nothing wrong with that. 
What becomes wrong about it is when that is all that they seek out of people. When, when all they want in life is the attention and the validation. That's when it becomes a detriment. That's when it becomes not okay anymore. Um, number two, you don't have to take risks. You don't have to risk somebody rejecting you if you're the victim. Because they can't reject you if you're the victim, right? Um, and number three, you don't have to take responsibility for your actions. Um, taking responsibility for your actions is difficult. Um, taking responsibility for the things that you have done is difficult. Um, it's not fun. I've been there. I've had to take responsibility for things that I've done. It's not fun. It's not easy. But it's so empowering when you can take that responsibility and realize, you know what? I've done wrong, but I can, I can, I can, get, I can move past it. I can overcome it. it is, it's extremely empowering to take responsibility for your life, to be the responsible party, because then people don't have the same power over you as they once did. Um, so the number one thing for overcoming uh, victim mentality is to know your benefits. Attention and validation, you don't have to take risks. You don't have to take responsibility. Um, now, these aren't, these are things that are, that are okay once, but when you start taking them to an extreme and you start expecting these things out of everyone, that's when it becomes not okay. Now, it's okay to, to give these things to people that you see really are suffering and I don't want you to think of that I don't want you to like help people because I do, but I want you to be very careful because helping turns into hurting when it turns into, um, um, shoot, what's the word? Gosh, I just went totally blank. Um, but helping, helping isn't always helping when it's enabling. That's the word I was looking for. Helping turns into hurting when it turns into enabling. Okay. Um, so just hold that in your back of your mind. Um, um, number two, number two on the list of overcoming victim mentality is learn to be okay with not being a victim. You have to learn to be okay with not having these things in your life. Attention and validation. You don't have to take risks and taking responsibility for yourself. You have to learn to be okay with not having those things. You need to learn to be okay with taking responsibility. You need to learn to be okay with people rejecting you because you do take responsibility and you need to learn to be okay with not having all the attention and the validation on you. Um, number three, take responsibility for your life. That is the biggest part of overcoming victim mentality is when you take responsibility for yourself and your decisions. Now we're going to read really quickly in Romans 14 verse 12. It says, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God, there will come a day, and I hope and pray that it is soon, <laughs> there will come a day when we get to heaven, and God, and we will have to give an account for every single decision we make. We will no longer have anyone to hide behind. We will no longer be able to blame anybody else for our decisions. We will have to take responsibility for every single decision we make. God wants us to do that already. He wants us to be practicing that now. But we don't. 
But if you want to overcome your victim mentality, you have to take responsibility for your choices and your decisions that you make in your life. If your world isn't going the way you want it to, I guarantee you the person at the center of that, at the center of your world, at the center of the reason why your world isn't revolving the way you want it to, I guarantee you it's going to be a mirror and you're going to have to look at yourself. That's going to be what's in the middle of your mess is you. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't outside circumstances that can make people go through horrible things in their life. There definitely are. There definitely are. But even the even with all of that, even with the terrible, awful things that happen in life, it is still up to you to decide whether you're going to be a victim or not. It's still your choice. That choice is yours. So you have to take responsibility for your life. Um, number four, be grateful for what you have. When I said it a minute ago, um, or said it earlier, Victim mentality causes you to focus on yourself instead of others. Being grateful for what you have is huge in this. Because when you're a victim, you're looking at what everybody else has and you're feeling sorry for yourself because you don't have that. Instead, you need to flip that and you need to be thankful for the things that you do have. Do you have a roof over your head? Be thankful for that. Do you have food in your pantry to eat? Be thankful for that. Do you have shoes on your feet? Be thankful for that. You can. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. There is always somebody who has it way worse than you. Stop focusing on the things that you don't have and become grateful for what you do have. We're going to read 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It is God's will for us to be thankful. He wants us to focus on the good things of life. He wants us to focus on the things that he has blessed us with and to be thankful for him, to be thankful to him. Number four, be grateful for what you have. Number five, step number five. It's a big one. You ready? Stop complaining. (laughs) You have to stop complaining. You have to stop complaining about why everything is wrong in your life, that everybody else has done horrible, terrible things to you. You have to stop complaining, y'all. We have to. We have to stop complaining. Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. I don't like doing laundry. I don't. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. And I guarantee you nine times out of 10, I'm going to complain the whole time I'm doing it. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm the only one in the world that does that. Um, no, I know that I'm not, but we have to stop complaining. Life is hard. I, I, I get it. I, I know, trust me. I know that life is hard, but complaining about it isn't going to make it any better. I know, I know that hurt your feelings because it hurt mine when I thought it. Complaining does absolutely nothing to help us. It actually makes us focus more on how hard life is. I'm not saying life isn't hard, but the more we focus on how hard it is, the harder it gets. Okay, so that's that's step number five. Step number six, the final step 
And again, this is a big one. This is like this one and taking responsibility for your actions are like the two biggest steps in this whole thing. The last step, the final step is to forgive. Forgiveness. I have had people do me wrong in life. I have had family members treat me bad. I have had friends do things to me that was unfair and uncalled for. And I have to work through my own ability to forgive them. And I and I have. It's been a struggle. I'm not going to lie. Forgiveness is not easy. But the act of forgiving somebody frees you from that person. They no longer have the ability to have control over you. They no longer have a hold on you. When you forgive them, you let them go. You free them from their actions towards you. And then you free yourself as well. You free yourself from them. Now you can forgive and become friends again. Or you can forgive and never see that person again in your life. You can totally, completely back away from them. And that's okay because there are some people in life that you have to do that with. But forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. 90% of the time, forgiveness is for you. Christ calls us to forgive those who have done wrong for us. Just like we read in Luke 23 verse 34, Christ asked God to forgive us because we didn't know what we were doing to him. Right? Christ forgave us. He had no right to. He had done nothing wrong and yet he forgave us. And he calls us to do the same thing. You want to overcome your victim mentality? You want to overcome bitterness and anger and frustration and hate? You forgive. You forgive. Forgiveness is the biggest part of love, in my opinion. It's, it's the biggest part of love. Without forgiveness, you can't love that person anymore. You can't love that person again. You have to forgive. So let's run back through them really quick. Number one is know your benefits. Attention, validation, you don't have to take risks, and you don't have to take responsibility. So that's number one is know your benefits. Number two is learn to be okay with not being a victim. Number three, take responsibility for your life. Number four, be grateful for what you have. Number five, stop complaining. And finally, number six is forgive. If you follow these steps, if you do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord, if you, if you, if you sacrifice your own pride and you do these things, you will be an overcomer. You will overcome your victim mentality. That's what Christ wants for us. That's what I want for you. Christ calls us up from this pit of darkness that we create for ourselves. He calls us out of it and he gives us a way out. Now, some of you may be looking for a way out of this. Some of you may be looking for a way to overcome your bitterness and your anger and your frustration towards others. This is how you do it. You go to Christ. You ask him to help you. You call on him. You read your Bible. You study these things. Um, and you ask, him to, you ask him for help. And he will help you. He will send help to you. Now, I know I'm probably, I probably seem like I'm real intense about this because I really am. <laughs> but it's, it's such a big deal. It really is, y'all. 
And I want us as women, it's our responsibility to take hold of our lives. It's our responsibility to take hold of our actions. It's our responsibility to realize that we are our biggest threat. We are our own worst enemies. I know you've probably heard that saying before, but it is so true. We are our worst enemies. We must overcome this. And we can. I know that you can. I know that I can and I have done it before. It's hard, y'all. I'm not saying that this is easy. And it's a struggle every single day for me to wake up and choose to not be a victim anymore. I have been there. I have been that victim. I have had that victim mentality. And I know how painful it can be. I know how, what a detriment it can be to our lives. I've seen it but I've overcome it. And so can you. I've not overcome it by my own strength because the Lord knows there is none, but I've overcome it because I have put my trust and faith in Christ. I've overcome it because I know his forgiveness and his love. And I've been able through him to forgive those who have done me wrong. I've been able to let go of the things that I was holding onto so tightly I've been able to let go of bitterness. I've been able to let go of anger and frustration and hate. And I know that you can too. There is a better life out there for you. God wants goodness for you. He doesn't want you to stay here. You're not meant to stay here. You're not meant to stay in this victim mentality. You're meant to have a victor mentality. You're meant to be victorious and an overcomer. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want for myself. And that's what God wants for you too, I promise you. He loves you that much. He loves you so much that he wants you to be an overcomer. I hope that I maybe haven't stepped too hard on your toes. Um, But I will say this, godly sorrow worketh repentance. Um, Robert, if you're listening to this, you'll probably chuckle at that because you say it all the time. (laughs) But it's true. Um, If you're not pricked in your heart about things that you've done in your past or in your life, Um, You're not going to be willing to change. If it's not hurting your feelings a little bit, you're not going to be willing to change. So I hope that maybe I've pricked your heart a little bit, that maybe you'll be able to go back at these in these scripture verses that I've given you and really study them and look at them and think for yourself, how can you change? How can you overcome your victim mentality? Or, Or maybe how could you help somebody else? But be careful helping somebody else overcome their victim mentality before looking and making sure that you don't have one as well. Um, Because if you're calling somebody out and you're doing the same thing that they're doing, um, you're not going to have much of a conversation or of an argument with them. So look at yourself first and then see who you can help overcome it as well. Be an encouragement to those who you see struggling with this. Be an encouragement to yourself. Um, You can overcome this. I promise you, you can. Anyway, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. I've enjoyed talking about it. It's it's a topic that I'm I get fired up about because it's it's you know it's something I've struggled with and it's something I see people struggling with. Anyway, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. I have enjoyed recording it, and I can't wait to speak to you guys again next week. Um, if you don't already, go follow um, my podcast Instagram. Um, it is ginger? Uh, <laughs> Lord, I can't talk. <laughs> Go follow me on Instagram at Life in General Podcast. There we go. I got it out. Um, I did create an Instagram for the podcast. That way, 
it's just easier for me to kind of talk with everybody. It's easier for me to keep track of what everybody's saying. Um, if you want to give some advice or tell me your story about how you overcome victim mentality, or if you need somebody to encourage you to do so, reach out to me. I'm more than willing to be your cheerleader. Um, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and cut this off because now I'm rambling. (laughs) Anyway, I hope you guys have had a fantastic week and I will talk to you guys again next week. Love y'all.